Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston is joined by Wayne Shepard, and they ask the question, is your love for your teen conditional or unconditional? Let's hear what they have to say. We don't usually start the program with me telling a little story, but I think this is an important story. And, and uh, there was a young lady named Bree that taught me a lesson that's been seared on my heart for life, I think, and a story that I, that I know I will not soon forget. She was a tough kid yelling at me, telling me what I can do with a number of things and not listening to a word that I was saying. We're having a meeting in my office. And she got up, walked out of the room just as in... East Texas frog choker of a storm <laughs> kicked in. And I mean, rain came down. Uh, it was like lightning formed over us. The thunder was just was just breaking and, and striking trees, the howling wind, the torrential rain, and and it was just all coming down at once. And she stand, she's walking away from me, and she's just standing like 20 yards away. And I opened the door after she slammed it and almost broke the windows out of the door. And I said, Bree, tell me, what do you want? What do you want, sweetheart? Everybody's trying here. What do you want? And she's standing in the rain. Now I'm walking toward her and I get close to her and she looks at me and she says, I'll tell you what I want. I want you to love me the most when I deserve it the least. Oh boy. Wow. And I just stopped and I thought, this is the perfect definition of what unconditional love is all about. And I stood there and held her. I, I tear up even thinking about it, wondering what I was to do next. And I, and I sat there and I thought, this girl, she doesn't need behavior change. She doesn't need somebody to tell her all the right things. She needs to be held and loved in a way that she's never experienced before. And so it changed, it changed the way that I engage with her. Mark, you've counseled so many teens. Does it surprise you when they say what Bree said? Oh, golly. I think at the heart of most kids, that's exactly what everyone is screaming about. You know, it's amazing to me that, that in the simplicity of life, um, that we confuse it sometimes by requiring so much when we have the unbelievable opportunity to share what God has given us we attach so many things to it. And at the core, all this young lady wanted was to be loved because she never felt it before. And so that's where I always ask people, you know, what does your child say? Do you, I mean, text them, ask them the question. Do you feel like my love for you is conditional or unconditional? Assume nothing. That's right, because they may say, I think it's conditional. I've got to make good grades. I've got to look this way. I've got to make sure I mow the yard right. I can't do anything wrong in a car. I've got to participate in these things. And a child be, suddenly becomes disingenuous. They're no longer authentic and, and genuine. There's something different. And at the core of every kid is that longing to go... I just want to be loved in a way that uh, that when I'm doing well, you love me, and when I'm not doing well, you love me, and that is unconditional. You can see how this would uh, become fearful for the teen when they feel like they're going to make a mistake and lose the love. Well, it'd make me want to lie, mm. and that's why I was a good liar in high school. Mm. I mean, I never did anything wrong from what anybody else would know because I'd lie about it. Why? Mm. 
because I was brought up in a home that if you did something wrong, you would lose the relationship. I see. My brother and I snuck a motorcycle out once, and, um, and then my brother wrecked it and broke a kid's ankle and and ran into an air conditioning unit, pushed it off the thing. We tried to hide it, oh boy. everything. My dad didn't talk to me for like four months. Hmm. And so I learned real quick, this is conditional. So as long as I keep up the air and, the, and present myself well... You know, and this is 40-some years ago, yeah. and you kind of go, isn't that wild? <laughs> you know, and so, but you but you go, you learn that so much is conditional. So there's got to be a place. I mean, your job is conditional. You got to perform well. You're, If you're involved in an athletic team, you got to perform well. If you play golf, you have to, whatever you do, you have to perform well. But there's got to be one place where it's okay to not perform well sometimes. And I'm not saying that you let your kid fall apart and be a, a complete mess. But what I am saying is that when a child begins to fear that they're going to lose their love, they're going to do things to get love. And that's what they're looking for. And so sometimes a child will lie to you because the problem is they know they're going to lose the relationship if they tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And so they go, so they're really honoring you. Now, I'm not, and I'm not promoting somebody to say, well, then lie to your parents no. or it's okay. But you've got to get to the heart of the issue. And at the core of every child is that longing that somebody would love them, love them deeply like nobody else can. And God can do that. I yeah. think, I mean, and he does it well. But there's also something about the affirmation of a family and parents and people that is screaming to the family saying, Will you love me the same? And that's what they long for. So we need to communicate unconditional love to our teens and use words if necessary, right? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I think if not, then what a child begins to think is that, well, it's only going to happen when I get married. So they get married and they go, well, I'm not getting unconditional love because she doesn't like me or he hates me when I do this or that. I mean, it's that constant search. Now, I think God fills that void in people's lives. What was missing from people, God has, has replaced. I get that and I, and I believe that to be true. But I also feel people are created for relationships, yes. not only with God, with one another, and they're longing for that desperately. Yeah. Nobody cares more about their teen than moms, but even moms can get discouraged and distracted when watching their teen go through those difficult adolescent years. You can feel alone and helpless, unable to know how to encourage your teen. It can get hard to trust God's goodness in the midst of such hard times. Mark Gregston knows the feeling. That's why he wrote Prayers for My Teen. It's a book of prayers and devotionals to help moms keep their eyes on God and their hearts uplifted even when your teen is struggling. Prayers for My Teen is a great addition to your purse, bedside, glove compartment, or desk drawer as a simple way of reminding you of God's faithfulness to you and love for your family. Get your copy of Prayers for My Teen at parentingteenresources.org. This is such an important topic because I think we, we think we're doing it right, but we don't really take a deeper look to see what we're communicating. Can we talk about that? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I wonder sometimes when we say we want you to do well in school, what a child is hearing. You know, and, and Scripture would tell us to consider others more important than yourself. So what that means is what my child is hearing is a lot more important than what I'm trying to say. So I need to say it in such a way that they understand it. If a child's hearing that you're not going to love me if I don't make straight A's, 
well, then I'm not, I'm doing something wrong in communicating because I want a child to know that I love you if you flunk everything, but I want good things for you, and this will help you get to a better place. So I've got to communicate that, and it's 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 with those words that you talk about, but sometimes it's without words. It's you know I think every young man is dying to hear his father say, "This is my son mm-hmm. with whom I'm well pleased." Yeah. And, and people have written books about the blessing and what you're looking for. and But I think everybody wants to hear that. I think young ladies want to hear how beautiful they are and not be criticized all the time. You know, I mean, inside and out. I mean, they long for that. And the tendency is we're more critical than we are, you know, unconditional. And so it's just saying that that all those conditions happen in the world I want to be that place that a child can come and feel that it is unconditional also. Now, even though I know that I, I love with conditions, yeah. but I can, I'm also capable of loving unconditionally. I just think there's great danger in assuming that our kids know that we love them unconditionally. They need to hear it from oh, us. Oh, they need to hear it. And I, and I think it, you need to write it on the wall. I love you unconditionally. And just let a child know that all the time. It becomes so important, uh, you know, because I, I think that if not, then a child is going to live their life searching for love in all the wrong places, to quote an old country song. And and I don't want that. I don't, I don't long for that for any child. I want them to find that in me and in a relationship with Christ. Uh, let me change gears for a moment and talk about grandparenting, because I, I want to mention your book, Grandparenting Today's Teens, that's available. But what can grandparents do to communicate unconditional love? Well, quit trying to parent their grandkids, unless you're put in that role that you have to do that. But I mean, love them differently. Don't get involved in all the other stuff. A grandparenting role is is an amazing role because I can, I've got more money to spend. I'm not taking it with me. I might as well get rid of it. I'm engaging with the child. I'm I'm doing things. I'm making some memories before I lose mine. I mean, you, you have the opportunity and you have the time to do yeah, it. Yeah. And so engage with them in such a way that it, that it offers them something that they know that this is an unconditional thing. Let's spend our last few minutes getting real specific about how to communicate unconditional love. Yeah, well, the first thing is this, rein in your negative comments. I mean, your words really do stay with kids. That's right. I remember comments that that people made to me in the third grade. Hmm. And I go, and there was a book that was written, Is There Life After Third Grade? And And the premise of the book was that that whatever happens in the third grade, well, then... That's going to determine the rest of your life. Well, when I was in the third grade, there was a president that was assassinated. There was riots in the street. There, I mean, it was it was craziness. The Vietnam War was going. Has that affected me? Well, I'm sure that it has. All the words that I heard during that time really do stick. And uh, you know, it, it that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Don't is it. one of the biggest myths in the world <laughs> and fallacies. It's that's ridiculous. Your words stick. On the positive side, I can remember things being said to me as a kid that have stuck with me in a positive way through the years. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It works the other way, doesn't that's it? That's right. That's right. And that's what you've got to focus on. Yeah. Because the tendency is we're just saying negative things because we want to change their behavior rather than developing their character, which is more about, you know, kind of uh, allowing the the positive things to come to the front rather than those negative things. You tell us to validate our kids no matter how they perform. Yeah. You know, I, I think that moms have a, an amazing way of instilling value. Dads have an an amazing way of validating it. Hmm. I, you know, and so I've just seen that from kids. The, and if they don't get it from you, they'll go look for it elsewhere. And you'll see that in young men. 
that a dad doesn't validate them in some way, that they'll find validation somewhere else. A young lady will do that in a heartbeat. They'll say, if I don't get it from my dad, I'll find it from somebody else, and they can find it a lot easier. And so it's it's given that validation, and, and what that is is saying, like I said earlier, well done. Well done. This is my son who I am well pleased. There's something about that 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 means the world to a child. The other thing is be careful how you communicate your expectations. Add a disclaimer to it. Hey, I don't want you to be perfect, and I don't think you need to be a, a brainiac, but I would love for you to do better in grades, and I'll help you, but I'm not, I, I, I'm not pushing you too much. You know, and some parents are saying, I just would be happy if my child would do homework (laughs) or go to school. You know, and I go, but still add that disclaimer. I know, I know, I know it's tough and I want to help you, but I'm not, I don't love you any less because you're flunking out. Um, I love you the same. There's something about that that's important. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.